Are y'all ready for the word? Yes. Oh, I'm ready to give it to you. Both barrels. Does anybody even know what we're talking about? Is you think that's necessary? Yes, it's very necessary. You know, the greatest revelation you'll ever get in your life, God loves you. I can't wait. I'm almost chomping at the bits because I'm, when I get through walk, talk, preaching on love, I'm going to go into a series on the blood. The fact that the blood does everything. It gets rid of all shame. It gets rid of all guilt. It cleans away all your sin. There's nothing you need but the blood of Jesus. And he puts the blood on your doorpost and the death angel's got to leave you alone. So that's not today. You're thinking, why'd you do that then? Well, to tease you, I guess. No, not really. Because understanding how much God loves you is paramount to your life. And here's why. And Joyce Myers made a statement one time, a very powerful statement. She said, God had me sitting down a year and doing nothing but meditating on how much he loved me. Your life is not going to get straightened out. You're not going to give something away you don't have. And until you're rooted in how much he loves you, you're not apt to walk in love because you're going to be apt to take care of yourself. There's a prayer in the book of Ephesians, and I want to let you know I pray this over you. It's a good prayer, and I want to start off by reading it. Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. For this cause I bow my knee to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit inside of our inner man, that Christ would dwell in our heart by faith that we would be rooted and grounded in love, that we may be able to comprehend or understand with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Now, what happens when this happens? What happens when you get full of the fullness of God? To him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above Anything we could ask or think according to the power that's working in us, and unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Amen. The love of God is for your benefit. Love is for your benefit. Walking in love does not harm you. It benefits you. And we're going to learn this this week. You know this, that, that the Bible says they will know us by our love walk. Now, uh, I don't think that the average Christian in America it majors on walking in love. But I will tell you, and you'll learn this after the service today, it, um, we, we never talk about God's discipline. You see how quiet it got? People just, we, that's why we don't talk about it. But he does discipline people. He corrects us for our own good. Now, let me give you a hypothetical here. Let's just assume that art is being really mean to me. And he's picking on me and saying bad things. That's, I, don't, I don't want to let art run over me. 
So, but the Bible tells me I'm to walk in love toward art. So what happens to art? Does he get off? Uns- does he get off? Is he get away with wrong? No, he doesn't. Because God is obligated to take care of me. So rather than me spank art, why just let God spank him? God, you fix this guy. Because God will deal with art in love, but he will correct him. So very often when we're going to talk about this today, we're going to get into a little bit of this side. What do we do when it appears as though people are using us? Okay, are y'all okay? Because does that mean that we're going to come out on the short end of the stick? No, absolutely you are not. And so when we start looking at love, love is patient. Do I have to be patient? Do I have to be kind? Oh, man, I don't want to be kind. I want to slap the mud out of you. So, and, and yet those are natural tendencies. And um, I said this in the first service, and I need to qualify a statement. Sometimes I think we need to lay off of men. We have this thing about males, men. George Patton was a general in the military. There is a time for a man to be tough. Thank you for y'all's five people who, there really is. There's a time for a parent to be tough with a child. There's a time that you're married for you to get tough with your spouse. So we're not talking about you being a wimp. Now let me help you with the men thing for a minute. If you're going to be a man, you can be a man, but be a gentleman. Don't try to turn me into a sissy. I'm not going down that road. Okay? Now, I'm I'm trying to help it because in today when we start talking about love, all the women are like, yeah, love, love, love. And all the men are like, slap me, I'll slap you back, you know? And so it's, it's hard in people's souls because we've, you know... In, in the workforce, women have come into the workplace. It used to be a male-dominated competitive world. Mm-hmm. And women came into it and started screaming anger, anger, anger everywhere. Well, let me tell you something. A man is competitive. Thank you. I appreciate it. You don't, you don't, don't try to take the competitive nature out of him or he will not make money. You've got to turn him loose. He's a bulldog. Let him go. But he's got to learn to balance his testosterone with the love of God and become a gentle warrior. Do y'all see that? In other words, let's say he's a policeman. Be nice at home, on the street, not so nice. Okay? So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give you a little balance here on love, on what it really is. We're not talking about you becoming a big sissy here. But we are talking about a right time and a wrong time to take matters into your own hands. So go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Having said all of that, I'm going to read a scripture to you that we have to qualify it. We have to get into it and dig and go, what in the world does this scripture mean? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love suffers and it's kind while it's doing it. It does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rude, does not seek its own, not selfish, is not provoked, 
thinks no evil. How do you do that? That's a good question. I've read that scripture hundreds of times. Think no evil? In America, are you out of your ever-loving mind? In this nation, when half the people are crazy and trying to kill you and rape you and break in your home and, 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 and sometimes just your family members are crazy, how do you, how do you think no evil? Well, maybe there's a little more to this than just surface, don't think about evil, right? Yeah. All right, and let's talk about what it really means. And I think when you get done, you're going to walk out of here and go, that was probably one of the most powerful things I've ever learned in my life. So look at this for a minute and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. What is humility? What is humility? Now listen to this statement as I, as I read it. You cannot walk in love unless you walk with God. Let me say that again. You can't walk in love without walking with God because he is love. Just being around him is what gives you the ability to walk like he walks. God is love. So how do you walk in, in with God? It takes humility to walk with God because there is a God and you're not him. That means that there are some things that you need to leave alone and let God do his job. All right, now let me, let me say this. Let me help you with this. If a person who is hard to get along with is not willing to submit to God, you're the problem. I'm going to put a, I want to put a picture up outside, but it will not be a picture. It will be a mirror. And when you come in, I'm going to put a sign under it. It says, the, the person who gives you the most trouble and lets you look at yourself. All right, I'm going to say this again. I want you to hear what I just said. You walking with God, you can't walk in love unless you walk with him. And you can't walk with him without being humble. That means you need to be submitted does humility mean that now you're going to be run over? No, no it does not. It, it appears as though you're going to be run over. All right. I know some of y'all are already squirming in your seat. It's okay. All right. When we spend time with God and we submit to him, he lifts us up. If you don't have faith in him, you won't walk in love because you will end up taking matters into your own hands. Now listen to this one more time. What I'm saying right now is powerful. This will fix marriage problems, business problems. This will fix all kinds of stuff in your life. 
Well, let's one more time. When you spend time and submit to him, he lifts you up. He gives you grace. He gives you joy. He gives you favor. And he gives you strength. Therefore, it is possible for you to think no evil. It's possible for you to see another person and not to retaliate. Now, let's read this in the Bible. Are you ready? 1 Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you be of one mind. We'll come back to the scripture before we leave today. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Do not return evil for evil, nor reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing you were called to this so that you might inherit a blessing. Who is this for? Us. This benefits you. Retaliation does not benefit you. If God, if, if, go back to Art in a minute. Art is talking about me, so I'm going to shut him up. God has two heathens to deal with. But if I bless him, God's only got one heathen to deal with. He don't have to deal with me. I'm actually staying up, walking with God and letting God take care. Because if I think he's the problem, I don't think God is big enough to take care of me. So I got to take care of me. Does that make sense? It's not that I don't see art being ugly. It's just that I'm going to not pay attention to it and let his ugly bring me down. Amen. Now, art's the opposite of ugly. If he's the kindest, nicest guy you ever meet in your life. So next, but I didn't have anybody else in the building I wanted to use that. Well, there are some of y'all, but I just didn't want to. All right, are y'all getting this? Are you getting this? This is quite a way to think. He who would love life, do you? Do you? Thank you for the three of you. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. And see good days, you got to do something with your tongue. Refrain, stop your tongue from being evil. Be, there's times to just be quiet and leave it alone. And his lips from speaking deceit. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace, pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. Now, like I said a while ago, use an art. If he's got two Christians fighting with each other, he's got to discipline both of you. Neither, he's, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he lifts you up. But if you lift you up, he's obligated to take you down. If you're fighting with God, you're not going up fighting God. Do y'all understand this? So this running over you, this is wisdom. To, now, we're going to get even deeper into this because this gets even way more powerful than what I'm showing you right now. This gets awesome. All right. All right. Go to 1 Peter 2. There's the same page probably. 2.18. Servants are employees. Be submissive to your masters with all fear. Now, we don't have slaves anymore, but we do work for people, and you'd think it was a slave trade. 
How many of y'all have ever had a boss that was a slap jerk other than me? Oh, yeah, baby. All right, but wait a minute. Let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about this. While you're on the planet, there will always be people and it's always going to be nice. Well, I'm going to put up with that crap out of you. I'll slap the fire out your feet. You want to go up, you're not. So he's telling you, how do you handle bad bosses? How about a bad husband? How about bad parents? How do you handle when your parents don't walk with God and they're a pain in the backside and you're trying to live for God? How do you handle authority? Come on, y'all. Be submissive to your masters with fear. Not only the good and the gentle, but even the mean ones. This is commendable if because of conscience, because of toward God, you endure grief and you suffer wrongfully. Does God see it? Yes. That's the key. Faith in God will keep your mouth shut. Faith in yourself, you will open it. Who lifts up? God lifts up. Humble yourself. Okay. All right, let's go. This is good. This is so good. This is commendable because of conscience toward God, you endure grief, suffering wrongfully. They're in the right, they're in the wrong. What credit is it when you're beaten for your faults and you take it patiently, patiently, and you do good and you suffer and you take it patiently? This is commendable before God. To this, you were called. Jesus was perfect, and uh, they gave him a lot of trouble, guys. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have trouble in your flesh. If you're going to live holy, your flesh is going to suffer. There's times it's going to look and appear as though someone is taking advantage of you. It will look like you're the underdog. You will not be. I will show you it is impossible for you to stay down if you'll humble yourself under the hand of God. You'll end up owning that business. I'll guarantee you that. For this you were called because Christ suffered for us and left us an example we should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor deceit was in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to who? To who? To who? Come on, somebody help me out. I'm on y'all. To who? To God. He gave it to God. God Tim is my brother. You saw what he did. I'm not going to say anything. I'll do him no harm. He is my brother, but you fix him. Are y'all out there? Now, he answers the prayers of a righteous man. If you're not going to live right, he ain't answering that prayer. All right. Now, have you ever noticed that verse 24, by his stripes you're healed or hooked with your submission to God in your mouth? He didn't just throw a healing scripture out of nowhere. Okay, thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Took me a while to figure that out. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 24. Woo! And fasten your seatbelts. 
Y'all, I love you guys. I mean, and we, I just love y'all to pieces. I love preaching. I love, I love the word. I, I love coming on Sunday morning, just, just loving on the people God loves. But I'm going to make a statement to y'all right now. I'm a misfit. I am a misfit. I am well aware of, of the fact that I am not perfect. I am, if I ever forget it, Lisa will tell me. <laughs> Remember. And I say this with all the love in my heart. We are all, to a degree, misfits. To some degree. That means we all have issues somewhere. There, there's imperfections. Who is going to love me though I am a very imperfect pastor? Because I definitely need to be loved. Well, what about God? What about people? Why can't I get a couple of y'all like me? Do y'all understand that? In other words, what I'm saying is that every one of us in this room, we want, we want love. We're aware we don't deserve it. So if, if I ask you a favor, please look for the good in me, though there is mis, misfits, there is, you could see the evil. You could see the bad. You didn't take long to find it. Or is that a fair analogy? Don't you want to be treated that way? Yes. Yeah, we all do. So at the bottom line, the thing sees no evil is not that it's not there and you don't see it. It's there and you're choosing to see the good and not always harp on the bad. Because you're finding the bad. Kenneth Hagin made a statement. Blowing someone's candle out does not make yours brighter. If you just think like that for a minute. So if art does something, wouldn't it be? See, as long as I think art is stopping me, then I've got to stop art. But if I know that art can't stop me, then I need to understand this guy has a problem. But God loves him, and there's a palliate. I'm going to bless him, which makes me the bigger man. Wait a minute. Like God. That's a power. Did y'all get that? That's absolutely an incredible thing to say. Jesus, they nailed him to the cross, and he blessed them. Because the, he's going, well, you're not going to keep me down. I mean, you can try all you want to, but you ain't keeping me down. Ain't nobody going to keep me down because I've committed myself to God. If God could get Jesus out of that mess, do you think God can get you out of yours? Absolutely. All right. Are y'all in First Samuel? Because we're going to read a powerful story. Say Amen. It happened when, verse 1, it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines. It was told him that, take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Saul took 3,000 chosen men. These are the Rambos. These are the special forces. All to go kill David. So is that like a bad day? 
I mean, you've got 3,000 people and the king trying to kill you. That's a pretty big deal. From all of Israel went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepfold by the rope. There was a cave and Saul went in to attend to his needs, which means he's going to the bathroom and it's in the Bible. I didn't put it in there. <laughs> David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. Look at verse 4. The men of David said to him, this is the day which the Lord said to you, I'm going to deliver your enemy into your hand and you can do to him as it seems good to you. Is that what they're saying true? No. No. Listen, all worldly wisdom is you get them before they get you. And his, he's, he's got his flesh and now he's got his own men giving him bad advice. It doesn't, just because you're in a church does not mean you always get good advice. You've got to learn when to do the right thing. Now, I want you to listen to David. Who anointed David to be king? Thank you. Who is going to make sure he gets to be king? Yeah. Come on. Not Saul. Saul being, Saul is not in the picture as far as David is concerned. This is why you're going to see, listen to me, just listen, listen, listen. David has a very tender heart to God. That's very, very important what you're about to read here. Because unless you have a tender heart to God, you're not going to walk in love. You're not going to do what I'm reading. It happened afterwards. Okay, no, 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 no. And David arose secretly and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He snuck up behind him while he's going to the bathroom and whacked his robe off with a sword and slithered back into this cave. Now look at his statement. It happened afterwards David heart bothered him because he cut his robe. What a, what a very tender-hearted man here. Not that he killed the guy, just the fact that, and, and listen, you're going to hear, this is the king. Yeah. Not, this is the jerk trying to kill me. Look at his attitude. No, I said something a while ago about authority. You have to have a right mentality to authority. You don't have the right. If God put him there, you don't have the right to attack him. You don't have that right. In this nation right now, we've gotten to where, listen, I don't, it doesn't matter whether you like Trump or don't like Trump. If God put him in, just leave it alone. There's a God and you're not him. If the boss gave you a job, he's your boss. You give him respect. Treat him the way you want to be treated when you become the boss. Because you will become the boss. All right, you got that? So he said to the men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my master, not this jerk. Who, what's he calling him? He's trying to kill him. But you see, God's hand is on Saul. God called Saul. The anointing's there. God, David said, I'm not touching him. It's not my responsibility to do that. Without faith in God, you won't do this. Come on. The Lord forbid that I would do this thing to my master. What about your husband? 
You know, I'm going to tell you something. If your husband's a jerk, if you'll start treating him good, you'll blow his mind. He's already seen ugly. He knows ugly. How did God treat you when you was ugly? Real good. The Lord forbid that I would do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing that he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servant with these words, and he did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. And David arose afterwards and went out of the cave, and he called to Saul and said, My Lord, the king. When, David, when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. And David said, Why do you listen to the words of men who say David seeks your harm? Look this day, your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you into my hand in the cave, and someone urged me to kill you. But my eyes spared you. And I said, I'll not stretch out my hand against the Lord. He's the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see this, the corner of your robe is in my hand. For in that I cut off the corner of your robe. I didn't kill you. Notice that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand. And I have not sinned against you, yet you hunt my life. Now, we're going to get into this scripture in a minute. Do good to those that bless to harm you. Bless those who curse you. Do you understand? That's not being run over. That's wisdom. What you bless can't harm you. What you bless can't hurt you. Who is keeping David's life? God is. David does not want to cross up God. Neither do you. All right, look. Let the Lord me and you. Let the Lord avenge me if I'm wrong. My hand will not be against you. Listen, if I'm wrong, leave me to God. Quit, quit trying to. If, listen, if I'm only a dog, I'm a dog. Why are you attacking me if I'm a dog? Why do you waste your time on me? If someone is bad, can't you just let God do his job? God, God lifts up and God pulls down. Now, I'm going to make a statement to y'all. There have been times when I have in the office of a pastor gotten out of love. I didn't do my job right. I'm going to tell you something. You don't scare me, but God scares the mud out of me. I've had God get on me, deal with me, and oh, when he's finished with me, I would rather deal with you than God. Because God is going to deal with me because he wants to preserve me in the correction. We're going to get into that in a minute. We don't do that. We just, they're done. We killed them. They're gone. <laughs> Y'all see this? Do you see the difference? Okay. 
Verse 13, as the proverb of the ancient says, wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand will not be against you. After whom has the Lord of Israel come out? Do you pursue a dead dog or a flea? Therefore, let the Lord judge and judge between you and me indeed and plead my case and deliver me out of your hand. And so it was when David finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, is it your voice, my son, David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said, are you more, you are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good and I rewarded you with evil. You think he doesn't see it? You better believe he sees it. He would have never gotten this response had he done otherwise. He is proving he's a king. Boy, some of y'all are going to get that. The day you start acting like a king, then you're going to rule as a king. But kings don't act like heathen. Saul's acting like a heathen. David is only being hunted, but he's already acting like a king because he's acting like God. Boy, this is so good. And you have shown me this day you've dealt well with me. And when the Lord has delivered me into your hand, you didn't kill me. And if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you did to me this day. And now I know indeed that you will be king and the kingdom of Israel is going to be given to you. Woo! Do y'all get this? He, is he a doormat? No, he's not a doormat. Boy, y'all have no idea how much this story has helped me. I've had people, now I've had a few times that I didn't do well, but I'm going to tell you about the times I did. I've had people attack me, do things in this church you would not believe. And I gave them to God. And buddy, a couple of them are really gone. And I mean, they're really pushing up daisies. It's, this is his church. You, you don't fight with Jesus. I don't care whether you like me or not. Don't you tear up his church because he'll come after you. Just saying. It's very smart for you to think this way. Okay. Do you see what David did? All right. Now look at verse 24. Therefore swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and not destroy my name. And he did that. He took care of Jonathan and Saul's family. Didn't Jesus do that? Yes, he did. All right, now let's go to another scripture. You ready? First Peter, let's go to First Peter back to chapter 3, and we're going to take that one scripture apart. Is this good? Yeah, it is. How many of you think you can live like this? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It's going to take humility to do it. First Peter chapter 3, verse, verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous, not returning evil for evil. 
reviling for revile, on contrary blessing, knowing you were called to this. Now, I got to tell you about a story. And um, I think my wife shall be really tired of hearing about this horse. And no, she is by now. But when I was out at Ramah, one of the preachers brought up the story of the horse Seabiscuit. And his sermon intrigued me so much, I went and, and bought the movie off of uh, Amazon, $3.50. Now, as your pastor, I cannot recommend the movie because it has a cuss word in it. Now, you may think this is funny, but if I say I recommend the movie and it has a cuss word, people will call me. I can't believe the pastor of the church recommended a movie with a guy who cussed. So I'm not recommending the movie. I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to get across. There's also a scene in it where the jockey has a girlfriend, and it's not full-blown, but it has her back without a shirt on in the movie, and therefore, I can't recommend the movie to you. But if you could forward fast that 30 seconds of stupid that someone puts in a movie, the movie is fantastic. Okay, other than Hollywood screwing up everything they touch. All right, now here's the story. Are you all ready? Because this is powerful. The story, it's actually based on a true story of a bankrupt millionaire, a washed up two old horse trainer, and a jockey with an anger problem with a horse that no one wanted. It's a true story. There's a millionaire in the movie that during the Great Depression, sold cars, and because of that, he went bankrupt. His wife left him, and he lost going fishing and ran off the road and killed himself. So this, it's, a, it's a bankrupt millionaire who's lost everything that nobody wants. He goes down to old Mexico and starts messing around with racehorses because it was illegal to have racehorses in America at the time. We were more moral than we are now, and it was the only place you could buy liquor. And he met a girl down there who believed in him, and that wasn't a bad thing, but anyway, he ends up getting married. He decides to get a horse, and he meets an old horse trainer who's a real old cowboy. He's washed up. Nobody wants him. Nobody cares what he thinks. But this old horse trainer had just rescued a horse from being shot. They were going to kill the horse, and he walks up, and he says, if you're going to waste a bullet on that horse, would you just give the horse to me? Now, I want you to listen to the statement that he made because I wrote it down, and I, if I say it wrong, I'll get Lisa to help me because it's, it's a powerful statement. He said, there's no reason to throw a life away just because it's a little bummed up. Did I say it right? There's no reason to throw a whole life away just because it's a little banged up. There's no reason to throw a whole life away just because it's a little banged up. Is that a good statement? Yes. Yes. So the theme of the movie is that this millionaire gets this horse trader who nobody wants, and they go buy a horse that has a bad attitude, but they find out the horse has a heart. The horse is too small to be a racehorse, so they've used the horse all of its life to run with other horses but never let it win. So the horse has a losing mentality. So they get this horse, and then they find this jockey that's too tall. 
In other words, he's a loser. Nobody wants him. He's got to make a living by getting in fistfights so he can eat. And he's trying to be a jockey, but he has an attitude. So we have a millionaire with no money. We have a trainer who's too old, a horse with an attitude, and a jockey with an attitude. And these three turn this horse into one of the greatest horses that ever ran the tracks. Based on this assumption, just because you failed does not mean you're done. Now, let's come back to this. The trainer saw something in the horse. The trainer, the millionaire, saw something in the jockey. Do you understand? You, God is asking you to see the good in people. God saw something in Saul. God saw something in David. God saw something in Peter. And God sees something in you. He's asking for the rest of us to see something in you. Well, what a statement. I said this earlier, and I'm not trying to be crude. We are misfits. We are. Jesus, a rabbi, the son of God, his followers were tax collectors and hookers. They're still tax collectors and hookers. The church is made up of the people no one wants. And the only one who loves us enough and believes in us is God. He saw something good in Paul. He saw something good in Mabel. He saw something good in all of us. And he brought us together and he's asking us, love the people I love. He wants us to extend that same grace to one another. It's obvious that we all have issues. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something about your destiny. Your destiny is tied to people. Not not to just God. You can love God, but God puts you in a church because there's people in this church that are going to take you where you need to go. And if you don't hook up with them, you're not going to your next place. You've got to love the people of God in order for you to get the love that you need. The mercy you're giving is the mercy that's coming back to you. So that's why he puts you in a church full of crazy people. And I'm the chief crazy. (laughs) That pastor of yours is crazy. Yeah, don't you love him? (laughs) Now I'm going to tell you all something. I relate to the horse. Because anytime you fail... You better believe people will tell you. It is rare to meet a human being that in spite of your failures will look at you and say, you are going somewhere, girl. It is rare to meet people like that. That is what the scripture love sees no evil means. Not that it does not exist. Come on, y'all. This is awesome. 
All of y'all quit running, please sit down. God specializes in taking what the world calls losers and making them winners. <laughs> I love it when the Pharisees go. I mean, he's hanging around all of the bad people. <laughs> and I'm thinking, he's still hanging around all the bad people. We're the only ones that appreciate all the grace. All right, one more. We're going to, one more. Matthew chapter 5. Do y'all see this? Are you becoming a doormat? No. no, you're not becoming a doormat. You're actually acting like a king. You're actually starting to act like God. Isn't that a powerful? All right, we're going to read this now. We're going to read this. And we're going to close. This is, I'm so glad you said that. You're just my, you just, you just sit right there and just help me out. <laughs> All right, 543. You have heard that it was said, love your enemy and love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's the world. But I say, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Why? So that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even tax collectors act like that? If you greet only your brethren, what more is it that others, even tax collectors, do that? Therefore, if you will be perfect, and the Greek word is mature, just like your Father in heaven is mature and perfect. What's he asking you to act like? A king. You're acting like a king. You carry in yourself like a king. You realize that the people around you that aren't doing so good, God still has a plan for their life. You can either help God or you can hinder God. But if you help God, God will bless you for that. Without faith in God, you won't do this. Do you understand that? It takes faith in God to walk in love. That's why the world right now does not walk in love. The whole world right now is fighting in all they're talking about is killing each other. Don't be a part of that. So is love making you weak? It's actually making you strong. Did David become king? Who got him there? David had a, had a test to pass. You've got some tests to pass. That is so good. I am so proud of myself. I should have a, a sign on the wall. Pastor Darrell, you did so good today. That, that's not pride. That's just truth. How many of y'all can see right now 
that, first of all, you relate to the racehorse. You're like, you know, I've been the underdog for years, but I'm not going to stay down. There's not a devil in hell or a human being on this earth that can keep me down. But if you humble yourself in the mighty hand of God, he'll lift you up. He'll take any problem you've got, I don't care what it is, and he'll fix it. But there's only one thing you've got to do. You've got to stop being ugly. Somebody done somebody wrong song. Honey, don't become country western singers in this church. Somebody done me wrong. I, I've had people done me wrong all my life. We live in a bad world. I refuse to go down with it. I will carry myself well. Now, is this easy? No. Oh, no. Easy to preach. No. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, baby. Now, we're talking Monday morning now. So, so, listen, you've got to pull the love scriptures out, and you've got to think about this a little bit. You're not going to just next week be Mr. Love. I'm going to tell you right now because... Because I, I'm going to agree with Andrew Womack. I have not arrived, but I sure left. I'm not where I was, and I'm not where I'm going to be. But listen, I already know my faith is not in you. It's in God. Now, that gives me a mighty liberty to love you. How powerful is that? I can love you. Because God loves you. If he loves me, I don't have a bone to pick with you. Because you really aren't big enough to take me down. Ain't nobody. I got fired from a job one time. Laid off. Everybody came out of the office was crying but me. I went in and ministered to them. And they said, our business is going under. I said, well, you need prayer. I went in to the people letting me go and ministered to them and left. And Tom Copeland told me when I left, he said, now he ain't like anybody else in this whole place. I had a job the next day. God said for me to move to Orlando, your dumb company ain't keeping me down. Amen. <laughs> He's a God and you're not him. <laughs> So you can't have my joy, and you can't have my peace. So I left that office singing like I just got a raise, because I did. Hallelujah. I didn't like that company anyway. Can y'all see, and this is a wonderful way to live. It actually lowers your cholesterol. I'm messing with y'all now. I'm out of time. I have nothing else to say other than to mess with you. How many of y'all ready to pray and say, Father God, work on my love walk. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, these prayer over here in Ephesians, I pray it over me every day. Lisa prays it over herself. We pray it over each other. That, Father God, fill me with the fullness. I want a revelation of your, your, your love, your, the, the length, the width, the height, the depth of your love. I want to know how much you love me. 
Because that's the revelation that will cause you to walk in love toward people. So y'all ready? I want to pray. Is this good? Father God, thank you for an opportunity to come in here this morning and to preach the word. I am trusting you that this word does not return void. I think every one of us in this room right now needed to hear this. I know I did. And I was preaching it and studying it. I know I need to hear this. What a way to live like, like you. To be big like you. To be the king even though I might be in a cave being hunted, I'm still look like a king, walk like a king, act like a king. Even though the king is not acting like a king. And Father God, I trust that every one of us in this room, you said that you give grace to the humble and that you will lift us up. I trust there's a lifting. I trust that just like the jockey, no one wanted. There's people in this room. Nobody wants them. But you want them. And you're able to make them stand. And you're able to make their life significant. And take them where they need to go. And Father, as a church, we're going to come and go, I see the good in you. I see the good in you. Sure, there's some bumps. Sure, there's some junk. But I'm going to choose to love you like God loves you and help you. And Father, I pray that as we do, that this church, the earmark of this church in this city, that's the most loving bunch of people I have ever met in my entire life. You walk in that church, they'll hug you, they'll love you, they'll pray for you, and they believe in you. And Father, I pray if someone came in here today, beat up by the world, told you're never going to make it, and you're done for, that they will realize right now that's a lie because you have the ability to take any messed up human being no matter where they are and lift them up just by humbling ourselves before you and father god we give you glory and honor in jesus name and everybody said Amen. you guys much thank you for listening to this powerful message by pastor daryl morgan we hope it blesses you if you would like more info on word of life sermons and free downloads please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.